Welcome to the Bill Barnwell Show. I am Bill Barnwell. Today, I am joined by a former NFL player, very wise NFL observer, a man of many talents, to talk about the best and worst off-seasons of the 2023 NFL season, or the, the to-come 2023 NFL season. It's my friend Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, what's up? I'm glad to be here, Bill, because... I, I spent a lot of time in the college uh, football arena too, and you sure. know, I kind of been preparing for that as the schedules have been released the last couple of days, the, the times, and you know that starts in ninety two ish days, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to be on here because it, it, this kind of got my juices going for the NFL season. Like I've kind of been hyped for the college football season, mm-hmm. and now I'm I'm pretty hyped for the NFL. I'm, I'm hyped for it all. I have the football. <laughs> it, it came back last week. I started watching film again, like kind of diving into stuff more heavily. I'm ready for ball to be back. I'm ready. Nice. So, so are you getting the itch of like you're you're switching to NFL Network and hoping like a random regular season game is on from 2022? No, I no, I started just like watching film of certain things I wanted to look at mm-hmm. type of thing, like kind of looking at rosters again. And you know, now that all things are settled down, especially again, as I mentioned, college sports like the portal settled down a little bit. We kind of firm rosters in the NFL now and college football. And again, like the the schedule times being out, I think mm-hmm. really make it feel like it's real. And mm-hmm. the OTAs being back, I, I OTA, I'm not watching much OTAs anymore. I used to kind of like a lot of it, but it's it's gotten where they don't really share much of anything. Right. Um, but all of that kind of feels like football's back soon. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it does feel like what's that hundred day alert goes off? I'm like, oh no, like it, we're 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 on our way. Like, <laughs> like, yes. oh, like every year, every year, I'm like, okay, I have all these projects I want to do in the off season. Like, I want to, you know, understand some element of the game more. I want to get my math better. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm gonna read 20 books, or I'm gonna, you know, never happens. Yeah, like, like I get to the hundred day mark, and I'm like, okay, like we're, we're we're done here. Like we're back, we're just back on football life now. Um, so absolutely, I feel like this is a really good sort of point to look forward, but also to look back. Like most of the free agency, the trades, all that stuff. We'll see what happens with DeAndre Hopkins, maybe as an exception. But like so much of the player movement now has happened with the draft being done. We've had a month to reflect on maybe where some guys landed, the fit. There's been some cuts and movements. So I just wanted to get your perspective, kind of looking back on, yeah. you know, the last four months uh, of the NFL offseason to get a sense of where you think some of the best and worst moves were. And I did this for ESPN this past two weeks. Did not make a lot of people happy, I would say. Some very angry fans, like 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 there's usually Talker. a couple fan bases that get mad at me. I know. Um this year, I think it was Giants and I want to say Bears, maybe Lions, Giants and Lions, I think, were the wow. two. But I want to hear your perspective, Jeff, because you have a, a very different, you're very smart, you're very thoughtful, you pay close attention, but a different perspective. You're yeah. someone who played in the league, you think about things differently than me, but in a smart way. So I wanted to kind of get your sense of the best and the worst off season. So let's say positive here. We'll start at the beginning. Yes. Give me an off season you loved and yes. explain why. Um, it, to me, it's the Baltimore Ravens is, is one of them, which I feel like they always win the offseason. But <laughs> I think getting Lamar Jackson to come back and be happy is probably the best move anyone made this offseason. And, and look, I think we always assumed that Lamar would come back. At least I did. He was always my number one kind of option the Ravens were for him to, to be there. But mm-hmm. they did get him back. And he's won 70% of his games. Like, he wins, <laughs> he wins a lot of football games. That's important. I know quarterback wins, and I get it, all that. But, like, 
the Baltimore Ravens win a lot of football games mm-hmm. when he is their quarterback. Whatever mm-hmm. you want to quarterback wins, or whatever you want to say about it, they win a lot of football games when he is their quarterback. They also moved on from Greg Roman and got Todd Munkin, who I think when you watch him in Georgia, which he did great the last couple of years, and you mm-hmm. watch what he did in the NFL, kind of the paces he's been, it's going to be more of the quote-unquote kind of pro style, right? He's going to combine the run game and the pass game together, a mm-hmm. ton of play-action pass, which I love for Lamar, mm-hmm. some easy completions, like use the players. Like you got, they got Zay Flowers now, which I thought was a good addition. They got, I, I think Odell's really good. I mean, he's got to be healthy, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think the if, if Todd Monkey can do what he did at Georgia, that design of that offense – will be great for Lamar Jackson. Um, and of course, they're still going to mix in the quarterback runs and, and mm-hmm. there's some things you have to do with him. But the Ravens got a quarterback who's returning healthy who just wins football games. <laughs> like that to me is very important. And they got him back happy, signed him up, and they improved the offensive coordinator, which I think has been the great for all of us for so many years is that offense mm-hmm. was very stale, especially in the passing game. Yep. Um, their offensive line is back healthy, which is not really like a thing they did per se, but getting mm-hmm. everyone back healthy, um, and 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 kind of solidifying that offensive line, that that to me is good offseason. Like they ended up getting a player back who helps them win football games at a very high rate. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, no question. Solving the Lamar situation, not just for this year, but also for you know the next few years to come. Like, there's not going to be any conversations about are we moving on from Lamar? Do we need to upgrade on Lamar? That, that conversation is done for years to come, and I think that's a huge positive for the Ravens. What I find sort of curious about the Ravens, a team where we sort of figure, you pencil them in every year, okay, they're going to have a great defense. I have more questions about the defense right now than I do about the offense. And they they, they brought back Robert yep. Smith. They signed him to an extension after trading for him last year. But pass rush is really going to come down to Adafi Owe and David Ajabo, yeah. you know, two guys who were draft picks, who Ojabo was hurt last year, but guys who need to sort of be the primary pass rushers for this team and cornerback. I think is a question mark. Marcus Peters yes. is gone. They bring in Rocket Scene from the Raiders, who not been a big Rocket Scene guy over the course of his career. You know, you got to figure good at safety. They trade Chuck Clark. They have Kyle Hamilton, the first round pick, moving into a full time role next to Marcus Williams. Still have Marlon Humphrey, who of course is a very very talented corner when he's on the field. But it kind of feels like you know that pass defense, the pass rush, and the secondary Absolutely. is the one thing I'm looking at saying you know. I'm waiting for the Ravens to make that, that one final move, whether it's Justin Houston, whether it's someone else, you know, to kind of give them that that veteran pass rusher or veteran cornerback who, you know, would solidify that part of the roster. Absolutely. The way I look at defense in the NFL now is if you have an elite level quarterback, you just have to be average on defense. Like, just be average. Mostly because I'm a Chiefs fan, I just beg for them to be average. Like, I'm just like, just be average and you win a Super Bowl. Guess what, guys? They were That's average happened. and won a Super Bowl, right? Like, yeah, you to me, you just need to be average. Like, yeah, it's great if you're the number one defense in the NFL. It's fantastic. It, of course, being better is is good. But if you can just be average with an offense that's that's an upper echelon offense, I think mm-hmm. you're fu- you're fine in the NFL. Of course, if you're better, it's never a bad thing to be better. But I have a lower standard for like where I think defense needs to be if you have a good offense. Now, if you don't have a good offense, obviously, I hope you're going to match with your defense. But I think the Ravens can be a middle-of-the-pack defense this year, which is probably good enough to win 10 or 11 games, get in the playoffs, and then anything can happen. We saw last year, anything could have happened in their playoff game without Lamar Jackson. Oh, that's true. 
So Absolutely. that's why I think, like, to me, I, I, you're perfectly right. Like, they, they just – defense, a lot of question marks. But I, I think we agree they can be average, right? Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. And I, that feels I, I like just, good enough. I just, you know, I have that fear of, okay, of they course, get the Bengals, yeah. they get the Bills, they get the Chiefs in the postseason, and that's where, you know, that 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 that's the big question mark for them. Um, let me ask you. I'll finish up with the Ravens yeah. here. Do you think they are the best team in the AFC North? No, I think it's the Bengals still. Yeah, um, I I agree. I, now, would I would I wager on the Ravens to win the North? Absolutely, I think it's a good, probably a good wager. You get some plus money. You're you're probably getting a good wager there. Mm-hmm. But the Bengals, to me, and and are are just they're they're I, I like it. I talked about this a lot last year in relation to Kansas City. The Bengals don't lose football games. <laughs> like you know what I mean, Bill? Like yeah. they they don't make dumb mistakes. They don't have bad turnovers. They don't have bad penalties. They're they're never oh. giving up uh, a fifty yard play on defense because they're out of position, right? Like they they don't do dumb things. They 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 play smart football, and especially last year when they decided to ditch kind of the the bad parts of their offense, just hey hey mm-hmm. let's run let's let's run what we're good at. Yep. What a surprise! Like that kind of works better, right? Um, and I think the Bengals are. Are the best team in the north. However, again, I go back to like the Ravens win a lot of football games when Lamar's playing. And so I think it's not a bad wager for them to win the AFC North, even though I would I would pick the Bengals. Yeah, I think definitely on the offensive side of the ball, the Bengals don't make, you know, really sort of foolish mistakes. I think they're very smart with how they approach things on that side of the football. And you gotta figure, you know, they get Jamar Chase hopefully back for a full season this year. That can only help them as well. Do you want to give me another team you yeah. were, whose offseason you were a fan of? Yeah, so I know this is not the answer people w- will expect, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain why. I like what Arizona did this offseason. Um, okay. I'm a component of admitting failure and deciding to do something about it, <laughs> right? Because, Bill, in, in the NFL, you want to be, in, in my opinion, one of two spots. Going for it, right? Like you're yep. good enough to go for the championship yep. or be really bad and rebuild. Okay. The middle is the worst part to be winning eight games, nine games. Yeah. For your fan base. Um, I'm looking at you like new Orleans, like, yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> like, your fan base will say, yay, we won nine games, but like, what are you really doing? Are you right. winning a, a championship with Derek Carr? No. no, you're not like just admit that it did. It hasn't worked post drew Brees, and we're going to tear it down and we're going to just start over because that's how you get to where you need to be for the most part. Now, of course there are other situations when, that doesn't happen, and you just kind of rebuild on the fly. But Arizona's admitting, they've admitted, new general manager, new coach, we got to just start over again. Mm-hmm. We gotta, we, we're got to we tearing it down. We're using our draft picks. We're getting more draft picks for next year, guys. Yes. I, wa- I, I cover the Pac-12 for a living. I, 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 I watch every snap of Caleb Williams last season. He is as good as they say he is. Now, mm-hmm. comparing to Pat Mahomes, I, I think when you always compare someone to maybe the best ever, it's a little rough. It's a little tough to, to swallow. But he is that good. He's really yeah. that good. And I know tanking is hard. And I've been on a team in the 2010 Panthers. That, that Panthers. We, we tried to tank. We're 2-14. and 14. It worked. We got Cam Noon. The way you tank is not on Sundays, not on Mondays, and not on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. It's by having the worst roster in the NFL. That's how you <laughs> tank, right? It's having a terrible roster, which we actually didn't have in Carolina. Pretty funny. But we had a bad quarterback. That's also sure. a way to tank, right? And Arizona does not have... Kyler Murray to start the season. I don't think he'll play much this season. I think purposely they will slow 
walk him back because of course. They, want, they want to be bad. I, I said earlier this offseason, I don't think he ever plays for Arizona again. The contract makes it tough to trade him next year. But I think Arizona's like, guys, we suck. It's okay to admit that we're not any good. Let's sort of like get rid of everyone and get ready to be really bad this year. And hopefully it pays off and we'll get, um, okay. Well, and by the way, Drake May is really good at, 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 at uh, UNC also. Mm-hmm. And I like that they did this bill. I think we should give props to teams that admit that being in the middle is not a place to be. And, and let's be bad for a year and rebuild. Absolutely. No question. And I think I find it sort of confusing when I see teams sort of go half measures. Like I look at Tennessee this year, for example, who I had last in my rankings and, and I, I don't love, I understand. Okay. You want to refresh, you get rid of some veterans who were not playing at a high level, who were struggling with injuries, but you still have Ryan Tannehill in the final year of his deal. You still have Derek Henry in the final year of his deal. Like, are those guys going to be enough with a really refreshed roster with a kind of iffy last five or six years of drafting that lets you to fire your GM? Like, is there, is there going to be enough in that core for you to be a Super Bowl contender? And oh. maybe they're looking at the, the 2021 year when they won 13 games and they were the top seed. And But that was a, a, a two years ago, and it was a different caliber of roster around those guys. You know, I, I, I just I, – I, I, understand Arizona being more aggressive. I think you're 100% correct in terms of them slow playing Kyler Murray's return to the lineup. And you're 100% correct in terms of the quality of this roster. I mean, I think some of the moves they made were positive. Like the this when they did spend money, it was, okay, we're going to upgrade our offensive line. We're going to invest in things that, you know, are going to keep whoever our quarterback is alive for the entire season. And hopefully those guys will stick around for Kyler Murray or Caleb Williams or Drake May or whatever else it is in 2024. But, you know, I think that trade with Houston is so significant for the Cardinals because now, like, there, it's not crazy to imagine a scenario where the Cardinals have the top two picks in the draft next year, where they have, they have the ability to either draft one of those quarterbacks you mentioned, draft Williams, draft May. They have the ability to, you know, trade away one of those picks or trade away both of those picks to teams who might want a quarterback after getting that yes. Houston first round pick. So that could be like, that could be a, a, a legitimate Herschel Walker trade caliber of draft picks. If you make trade away both the number one and the number two picks, if you want to move forward with Kyler Murray, or of course, like you alluded to, they could just say, Hey, we're good with Caleb Williams. We're going to trade away yeah. Kyler Murray. Um, you know, they have so much flexibility after, you know, a, a very rough season that I think it's not ideal. You don't want to be tanking. You don't want to be stuck in that situation, but given the cards they were dealt heading into the offseason, yeah. I, I think they ended up in a much better spot than where they started. And I think that's a huge compliment to, you know, that organization being honest with themselves, self-scouting well and saying, hey, yes. that's what we need to do to move forward here, not just for 2023, but for the next five, 10 years to be a better organization. And they drafted a left tackle in the draft too. Like they got like an yeah. uprushal on tackle and they got the draft pick. Like I... To me, they 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 did exactly what they wanted to do, and I like it. Absolutely, no question. I love what Arizona did this offseason. Uh, give me one more team yeah. you were fond of this offseason. So I'm not going to go in like obvious directions. Like I could say the Jets. I mean, like come on, like Aaron Rodgers. Of course, they did well. Um, mm. But I've I've been pretty harsh on the Colts the last couple yep. of years because um, I feel like Chris Ballard, general manager, gets a lot of praise. He does in the media for what like what like i'm i'm like I, i'm i'm it's like like your job is to get a quarterback like that's what yeah. your job is a coach is a general manager is to find a franchise quarterback and since andrew luck retired 
I felt like they just were hoping he'd walk back in the door and he'd be their solution <laughs> at quarterback. It's one-year deals for Phillip Rivers and Matt Ryan. And this mm-hmm. year they finally admitted, okay, how about we get a quarterback for once? Like a real viable long-term quarterback. And Anthony Richardson, the more I think about this draft, I think he'll be the best quarterback. Wow. Um, I, I just, you know, I was wrong about Josh Allen. And I and you should never, I think, sure. about, you know, kind of look at outliers as being as being like, the reason you, you do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I saw those those videos of Bryce Young behind his offensive line in Carolina, and, like, I, I he's just – he's going to get hurt, man. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, he's just – he's tiny, man. He's so – Richardson is is huge, right? We know that. He is a big kid. He's got a big arm. And, and the quotes I hear so far about their expectations in year one are great – Bill, they're, mm. they're like, you, you know what? He might throw for 100 yards, but he might also rush for 115. And we're <laughs> fine with that, right? Like, we understand what we're getting in year one. And Shane Steichen, the new head coach, has worked with a young Justin Herbert, with a young Jalen Hurts. Like, he has been in those meeting rooms, in those buildings with quarterbacks that have the skill set of Anthony Richardson. Herbert doesn't run as much, but he can run. Like, he, he's got a giant arm. So it's Richardson. And there's a lot of refining for Richardson. I'm not saying he's going to be – going to be great in year one Mm -hmm. but they finally admitted like we need a freaking quarterback a young quarterback a highly talented quarterback a highly skilled quarterback Mm -hmm. and i just like what i'm hearing from them i know it's the offseason i but the plan that they have said out loud seems the way that i would project him to play this year and and Mm -hmm. moving forward and i like that they're just saying that like yeah it ain't gonna be perfect Mm -hmm. but he's so physically gifted We'll put him out there. I imagine he starts at some point. I, Gardner Minshew probably doesn't, you know, starts at camp, but Richardson mm-hmm. Troy takes over at some point. And then guess what? We have one year under our belts, and we head into next year with a good roster and a quarterback that we feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think setting expectations appropriately is important. And I think they're in a position where, you know, Shane Steichen had an imperfect quarterback in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. Of course, he was not the only guy building the the game plan, building the scheme there. But we saw an offense that played to Jalen Hurts' strengths. And Jalen Hurts got much better over the course of his three years in Philadelphia, you know, uh, especially the last couple of years after, you know, Steichen and, and that staff came in. And I'm hoping that what we see for Anthony Richardson is a lot of stuff that makes his life easier. A lot of RPOs, a lot of, you know, uh, path field concepts, a lot of, of quarterback run game, a lot of stuff where, you know, he's going to build his confidence Um you know, and, and, and sort of not be in a position where he has to read the entire field or he has to go through, you know, uh, uh, you know, four, four yes. stops of a progression. It's just not where he's at yet. He could be that guy in a couple of years. And I think as you build his confidence, he can get to that point. But my question for you, Jeff, and you're the offensive line expert here yeah, is gotta be good on that, but that, but that was so bad last year. Do you think, I, do you think they're better in 2023? And this is one thing where I've also kind of been on, on Chris Ballard is like, you haven't addressed left tackle or quarterback. Right. And That's, those are important <laughs> positions. And Bernard Raymond, to me, he struggled last year. It was pretty predictable. He, he has not played much offensive line at a high level. Right. Um, he has short arms. Like, those are legitimate concerns. I still have concerns, I think, for him this season. So that is a problem. But they have a quarterback that can run away from the guys. <laughs> and so you at least feel more comfortable with having that option. Plus, Bill, we know this. You can design an offense that protects your offensive line and gets yards. Now, are you winning a Super Bowl with that offense? Probably not, right? Mm-hmm. 
But you can build a successful offense in year one for Anthony Richardson without dropping back 400 times mm-hmm. in a drop back and putting Bernard Raymond on an island. Right. And then you can address left tackle. And in free agency, it's kind of tough because they don't come available very often. But you can address it in the draft next year, which is a great tackle draft. It looks, at least at the top, like it's setting up pretty well if you kind of project it the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have the ability to, to maybe correct some of those issues if Raymond doesn't become the guy. But you can design an offense that really protects the left tackle. Um, are you going to be great on third and long? I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> but, but Bill, we see it all the time, right? Like there's, there's no surprise when teams do this. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm not as concerned about left tackle, even though I still think there still needs to be a long-term solution there. It's probably not going to be Raymond. I think Raymond probably plays guard at some point. Mm-hmm. They find themselves another, another tackle, but Nelson healthier, Kelly healthier. Like there were some injury problems last year that if everyone's back healthy, I think that fixes a lot of it. Mm, for sure. No question that helps. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, you know, uh, doesn't have to be the solution for the rest of his life that they, they can make upgrades over the off season in the next couple of years, certainly at left tackle. But like you said, this is a guy in, in Raymond who's not been an offensive lineman for very long. He's learning on the fly at an extremely difficult position at the highest possible level in football that that's a scary place so I, I think you know they have to be smart i remember with with mac jones that first year in new england their tackles were questionable and that their game plan on third and long was kind of comical almost it was draw screen quick game it was get the ball out of mac jones's hands yeah so he doesn't get destroyed because he's going to get hit if we have him back there for a long period of time and you know that that helped it didn't help the offense in terms of the short term but it kept mac jones on the field and i think that's what the colts maybe have to do with Richardson, but like you said, he's a different kind of player. He can run away from stuff. And you can design a, a third down offense yep. around him. Like the when I think the Eagles doesn't get talked about enough that I think they do really well. They run the ball in third and medium bill. Yeah. And I love it. It works so well. Why do more teams not run the ball in third and medium? Yeah. Have- well you know what? You know why? Because the Eagles are a little different when it comes to other teams with what they're willing to do on fourth down, right? Well that's that's absolutely correct. But they also get a bunch of first downs on third and medium running the football right. because you have teams that are that are rushing up the field that mm-hmm. have light box counts that have, have light, light you know they they take out a linebacker or two of them and put in two safeties like mm-hmm. no just, question like run the ball in third and medium and I think with Anthony Richardson at quarterback and your offensive line again the interior three most you know and and with Shane Steichen to call in plays. They might do some of those things, and that lessens the impact of having to, to pass protect on third and six. They should. Absolutely. No question they should. And I mean, Carolina, I feel like, did this during the Cam era where they were a little aggressive running the ball on yes. third and medium, even before Ron saw the light and started going for it on fourth down. R- Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron, the good old days. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there is no competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8-Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Okay. Let's hit the negative side of things here. We're very positive about these teams. Still some questions, of course, but I think a lot to like about what they did this offseason. Let's go to the other side of the coin. And some of these these teams you were not optimistic about. So I was not going to do the Giants because I Giants fans already don't like me, and I figured I was going to make it worse. So I'm not going to do I'm not going to do the Giants because uh, I'm with you there. Um, so you have Washington Commanders having the best offseason, right? In I your do. article, and and that's, that's mostly the owner side, right? Because that is that owner, is which one hundred percent ownership. <laughs> which I am in. A, I have Washington Commanders fans in my life. They are like overjoyed, like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. However, what are we doing at quarterback, Commanders? Like it's true. What are we doing? And to me, they had a bad offseason. Like you, we've talked to my first, the, the the three teams I like most mostly about quarterbacks, right? Lamar, Arizona getting someone else, and and and, and the Colts did. Mm-hmm. The, the the Commanders have a pretty good roster. I don't know if you guys paid their roster's really good. They have yeah. a lot of good football players, but you have Sam Howell quarterback. What are you gonna What are you gonna do? You're gonna win eight nine games at the most, mm-hmm. and what are you gonna do next year? run back a middle of the pack quarterback again. Right. Like, what's the planet quarterback? Um, look in the NFL franchise quarterbacks for the most part, mm-hmm. the majority are drafted in the first and second round. Yes. Okay. Now, every now and then you have a Russell Wilson, a Dak Prescott, a, a Kirk cousins who not even on the same team anymore. Right. He had to go a different team to be a franchise right. quarterback. Um, Sam Howell, the chances that he becomes your guy are minuscule. They're they're one percent, mm-hmm. probably less than that, that he becomes an upper echelon quarterback in in the NFL. It, in your division alone, you have the fourth worst quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing, Washington? Like, to yeah. me, you have to admit, okay, we have to go get someone to be our guy. You're too good to stink. Like, your roster's too good to run with Sam Howell, in my opinion. Yeah, they were a playoff team last year with better quarterback play. I mean, Carson Wentz was a was a mess. Taylor Heineke played a chunk of the year. He was, you know, hot and cold. But they were, I think, sixth. They were in the top six in the NFL in points per possession allowed. So they were a legitimate playoff yeah. caliber defense. And they're off. They were sort of the the NFC version of the Jets. And I, I, I like Jacoby Brissett. I think he was good in Cleveland last year. But they're not talking about Jacoby Brissett as, oh, he's going to be the obvious starter. They're talking about Sam Howell as being the guy. Like it's good. It feels like it's not going to be a competition. It's going to be Sam Howell's job to lose. And, you know, in addition to everything you said about the, the chances of, you know, quarterbacks breaking out of, um, you know, or, or sort of, you know, the, the chances of a fifth round pick turning into a, a, a above average upper echelon NFL caliber starter. Like, what what basis do we have? What basis does Ron Rivera and that staff have for having faith in Sam Howell? Their quarterback situation was bad last year. And to my recollection, I could be remembering this story wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is accurate. The only reason Sam Howell even played one game a year ago is that Taylor Heineke was going to get the Week 18 start and told Ron Rivera, you know, you should give Sam a chance. He deserves it. He's been here working hard all year, which is very nice for Taylor Heineke. Yeah. But Sam Howell, they won that game against the Cowboys. They blew out the Cowboys. But Sam Howell was 11 of 19. Like, <laughs> I get he hit, he hit a, a deep yeah. door or two. You know, good for him. He, he was poised, obviously, in his first start. But, like, like are we really going to base – the future of the franchise or, or the decision that we're making about 2023 on one start. Like I, I, you know, it feels very 
Matt Flynn Seahawks to me, where it's like, you know, okay, like, yeah, he was good in that game, but Matt Matt Flynn was incredible in that one game a few years ago. But like, you know, is that really enough to to not bring in more significant competition? So, you know, I I think Brissett ends up playing here. And I think if Brissett starts 17 games and he's healthy and he plays the way that he did in Cleveland a year ago, and they got the defense they had a year ago, they could be a playoff team. But I just think they're going to give Sam Howell like 10 starts. And I, I just don't think he it projects to be the sort of passer that is going to push Washington into the postseason in a year, by the way, Jeff, where it feels like probably Ron Rivera is coaching for his job. Yes. Well, even Jacoby Brissett, like what does that do for you? He's he's a great quarterback if you have an injury to your starter. Yep. Right? Like if you needed or, someone to come or, in. Or, or your starter gets suspended for, for 12 games. Fair Yes. And he did a commendable job in Cleveland last year. And it was, it was fantastic, right? Like he did a great job and he deserves all the accolades. And I hope, Hope he gets you know, paid all those things that they're great about what he did last season. No, knowing, by the way, he was playing until a quarterback came back from suspension. Like yep. he knew this was happening. Nonetheless, um, you know, that's still not good enough to me. And, mm-hmm. and again, because you have a good roster, you're not taking advantage of this good roster. Um, it'd be one thing if your roster stunk, but guys, they're they have a good roster, they, they, they have a good football team outside mm-hmm. of the most important position in all sports. Absolutely. No question. And it kind of feels like they're just they're they're sort of stuck waiting, you know, like it feels like they're waiting for the sale to happen. You got to figure they're going to be more significant changes. I, I really wonder, you know, if they had been sold in February, I really wonder if they would have taken a swing on Lamar. If, you know, the right. idea of taking Lamar away from your local rivals and, you know, maybe they wouldn't have got him. I think the Ravens probably would have matched anyway, but. You know, I, it I feels have like the opposite opinion about that. I think really? I, I thought that that Daniel Snyder would try to like not screw the NFL, but like give Lamar this like ridiculously guaranteed contract <laughs> just to be like, screw you guys on the way out. Here's five hundred million dollars for you, Lamar Jackson, guaranteed. Been, like, I mean, I mean, if I was Lamar, I would have been trying to be you know befriend Daniel Snyder to get him right, to do that. I, I thought there was like one big f you to the NFL again. It was like given this guaranteed deal that no one wants to do. And just saying, yep, we're we're doing it. I, I thought that was the way that, that might go down. That would have been great. I would have loved that. Give me another team whose yeah. uh, offseason you were disappointed by. I mean, the, the Lions, like, I I I know we're just being a dead horse with, with this one. Like, <laughs> I, I want them to be good. I like Dan Campbell. I like what they've done in the trenches, especially. Yeah. Um, but the draft was made no sense to any of us, right? We, we understand that. And I just, the quarterback position to me, again, you're sort of in no man's land, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a hard place to be in the NFL. And I don't know what they could have done other than, I guess, draft um, a quarterback this year and try to go get yourself someone, which I think would have been a, a plus for me. Mm-hmm. And then I would have been like, yeah, good job. But the, the vision, what is the vision? Like, what what is the, what's the vision for next year? Is Jared Goff really going to be the guy next year? Like, is he is he the long term solution? His best season in last four. I'm looking at the numbers right now. Mm-hmm. His best year without Sean McVay. Is he your guy? Really? Like, he's he's what you're banking your this this good roster. I, um, like, what's the vision, Bill? Like, mm-hmm. what what are you selling your fan base that we're we're we're, we're winning with Jared Goff? I, I I think I think you're you're sort of getting you're falling in love with what you saw from the second half last year, right? Like where they go, they were one and six, they finished nine and eight. So they go eight and two, 
down the stretch. They missed the postseason. They lost that game to Carolina, which just a brutal loss for the Lions to lose that game where, you know, one of the, the weakest teams in football and you get blown out by two touchdowns. Um, but I, I, I don't know how sustainable that second half was. I mean, they turned the ball over five times in a loss to the Cowboys in yeah. October. They turned the ball over four times over the entirety of the second half of the season. It's just hard to do yeah. that, whether you're Jared Goff. And, and like, I, I, I know absolutely what you're saying about Jared Goff. I think he is just good enough for you to convince yourself he's someone worth keeping around and just bad enough that you're never going to be satisfied with him. And I think at, at 28, you yeah. know, could he be a guy who takes a leap forward outside of, of, of LA and, you know, works in a heavy play action offense. And I think everyone likes what Ben Johnson's done with that offense. And he has a great offensive line to play behind. And maybe the receivers are, are great. If, if Jamison Williams does, you know, come back from his gambling suspension yeah. and, and kind of, you know, play well, but it, it what sort of feels to- like, what happens when Johnson leaves after the season to be, <laughs> I mean, co- that, to be a head coach somewhere, right? They have they have to nail the head coaching hire for sure, the offensive coordinator hire for sure. And I think that's the that's the difficult part here is, you know, I think the question for them is sort of the same question we had for the Saints, which is wh- what are you aiming for? Because if you're aiming to just win the division in 2023, Jared Goff makes sense. And going out and getting a running back and an off-ball linebacker in the first round makes sense because those were holes on your roster. You had immediate problems, and you you plugged them. Great. But if your hope is to win a Super Bowl, Jared Goff made it to a Super Bowl, and he was a mess in that game with yeah. you know with much better personnel around him and you know a, a, very, a famous head coach calling plays, and they didn't have answers on offense. And Jared Goff was not someone who was going to create those answers in that game for himself and for that yeah. offense. And you know, uh, are you going to have the edge rushers after Aiden Hutchinson? Are you going to have the cornerbacks when even after you rebuild your secondary this year, you know, two of the three pieces you added in, in the veterans are, are free are free agents after this season. Do you have that long-term solution at cornerback? Is wide receiver settled? Monroe St. Brown is awesome. Jamison Williams is exciting, but we've barely seen Jamison Williams play. Um, you know, th- there, there's just so many questions about like, yeah, like the, these sort of things you have to fill in in this offense. And on this, and especially on the defensive side of the ball, they get this to be a Super Bowl caliber team as opposed to a fun team yes. that could win the division. And I think this was their window. Like the Packers are rebuilding, the Vikings, I think everyone expects to decline this year. The yep. Bears are rebuilding. Like this could have been your two year window where yes. you were the best team in this division and you built a championship caliber team and they just didn't take advantage of it. And I, you know, it's a bummer because there was really so much to like about the position they were in yep. heading into this offseason. And I don't think Hayden Hooker is going to be the guy. I think that, that's you hobo, but he's going to be 26 years old off an ACL injury. And he played an offense at Tennessee with Josh Heupel that it just doesn't produce a ton of uh, quarterbacks, right? Like, it's just mm-hmm. not. It's They play so fast, so up-tempo. It, it, I, the transition's tough. And now you're doing off an injury. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I know Lions fans will tell me that Hayden Hooker is the guy for the future. But I, okay, I'll go back to my point again. Third round quarterbacks. How many of them are franchise quarterbacks? Especially, especially twenty five year olds who are coming off Correct. of a torn ACL. Like it's just you can. Is it is it possible? Of course, anything is possible in yes. the NFL. But the the odds are certainly against it. Like you know, yes. you, you can't treat it as a definite. You have to treat it as a if this works out, great. Yeah. Um, 
it's a bummer. You know, like it's easy to root for them. Everyone, I think, was excited to see them turn things around. I love their but... offense. It's so much fun to watch. Of course, and and there's and two things can be true, right? It can be a fun offense to watch. You can also wish that they had made bigger swings here yes. in this offseason to try and build a Super Bowl contender in the years to come. All right, give me one more of your yeah. least favorite offseasons from 2023. Uh, the, the Raiders. I mean, this was not very difficult, <laughs> right? Like, this is not very hard. Um, you know, I, I, I mocked the Raiders a lot as a Chiefs fan, and I've made fun of, of Derek Carr um, countless times. He also blocked me on Twitter for no reason. Like, I don't know why. Maybe that's why. But, like, He's the he's a he's a top twelve quarterback. Like he's a bum. He's not a bum. And you traded him away, or you released him essentially, right? And he went to the Saints. Okay, okay, fine. And then we get the the report. You signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Great. Oh, for a year, and then he's hurt. Like what? What's the plan? Um, if you're trying to be bad, okay. Like if you're the Cardinals, and you're trying to be bad. I, okay, great. But I don't think they're trying to be bad. Like that's the thing, right? Like they're. They're not trying to be bad, Bill. They're trying to win. And I'm looking at the depth chart right now. Okay. Max Crosby, elite pass rusher. Like the, one of the better players in that position. You can argue the best sort of, uh, you know, hand in the ground pass rusher, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Devontae Adams, great. Josh Jacobs, awesome. Yep. Oh, okay. Great. Like, what, what, like <laughs> the roster's not any good. Right. You had a quarterback that has a broken foot still. They can't even clear a physical. And we're we're trying to win. Again, if you're not trying to win, please put your hand up and let me know. And I'll I'll put you in the Arizona Cardinals category, mm-hmm. which is purposely trying to be bad to get a quarterback next year. Um also, you know, there's a possibility Tom Brady walks in the locker room in, in four months and is a starting quarterback too. So that might change my opinion on the Raiders, but I think their their roster's not good enough where Tom even considers that. Um yeah. but like, what are we doing, Raiders? What's the plan? Are, are you, you, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and whatever quarterback Sean Payne will have uh, in two seasons? Like, that's what you're going against. I mean, that's what it feels like, right? It feels like, you know, last year when they, they traded for Devontae Adams, I was so skeptical of that move. Not because of Adams, although I think he's going to get worse as, you know, now he's 30, as his contract goes on, as he, you know, is further away from Aaron Rodgers. But, sort of the idea of okay like you added a star receiver no question he's a good player that doesn't get you where you need to go you're not as good as you looked last year you built beat a bunch of backup quarterbacks or in covid compromised quarterbacks to make it into the playoffs you were rebuilding before that you have so many bad draft picks top 100 picks from the gruden era who either didn't pan out or can't stay healthy or aren't even in football anymore because of their off-field behavior like like there's just there's a disconnect between what you see with this roster on paper and on the field on Sundays versus where the people running it kind of perceive this roster to be. And it felt like Derek Carr was scapegoated, frankly, for the problems last year. It felt like they, you know, they gave him that fake contract extension. It felt like they were waiting for either Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady to become available so they could move on from Derek Carr. And, and, and maybe you understand, okay, well, they, they create some cap space. You know, Garoppolo is cheaper than than Derek Carr. And so maybe you, you can use that sure. money elsewhere. But it feels like they have their, their solution to any problem right now is just uh, bringing some more Patriots. So they go out and sign Jimmy Garoppolo. They signed Brian Hoyer. <laughs> they signed Jacoby Myers. And like, you know, Hey, Patriots are, are are a good football team. 
you know, there's nothing wrong with bringing in players from good football teams, but frankly, if Phil Belichick was that desperate to keep Jacoby Myers around with given their receiving core, he would have kept him around like Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, you know, we've seen what those guys are good and bad. They trade up for Aiden O'Connell in the draft. They trade up for Michael Mayer. Um, you know, they, they or sorry, Corey and Bennett, they traded up for, excuse me. They traded up twice in the draft when they're already down draft capital. Um, they're, they're missing draft picks from years before. Yeah. Like they just, you just like, it's, it's the Cardinals thing, right? They just need to accept yes. we're not it. And we're not going to be, especially in that division with that, those teams uh, across yes. from us, like they're not a year away. They're not three years away. Like they are best case scenario is what happened in 2021, where they get an easy schedule down the stretch. They squeak their way to nine wins. Um, they convert a third and 11, you know, uh, yes. uh, in overtime and, and, and make it to the postseason. And they, they gave the Bengals a scare. They were, you know, they played well in that postseason game, but like, like they're just not close and not saying they should trade everyone and, and be, you know, the dolphins from a couple of years ago. But I think, they need to start being realistic about how far away they are from competing and how they need to amass draft picks and, you know, build the sort of team that the Patriots would build. Bill Belichick, you know, his solution is not to trade first and second round picks for Devontae Adams. His solution is not to go out and sign a bunch of players in free agency. When he did, it, it wasn't, a, wasn't a long-term yeah. solution. It was a short-term solution that failed last year. They They have to take stock of where they are and start over. And, I don't know if they're going to under Josh McDaniels. Maybe this year will be the time they do it if Garoppolo is not healthy and they they do end up being a four or five win team. But they're just it feels like they are years away from even recognizing what they are. Yep, and I drafted a, a pass rusher in the first round with a foot injury. Like that. <laughs> maybe you know, they just don't. Maybe they just don't value feet. Maybe I, they're I, just they're thinking you know, feet are overrated. Like I get Tyree Wilson. I, I like this film. That's not a knock on Tyree Wilson. He could be the maybe the best pass rusher of this draft. But again, like you used a high value draft pick on a player with a medical injury. Like the teams probably took off their draft board. They're like, I, I'm not doing that. Uh, I mean, Seattle needed a pass rusher in the worst way and didn't draft Tyree Wilson and Jalen Carter's different situation. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like teams that have success with these positions are like, yeah, I'm I'm not doing it. Right. And I don't know what the Raiders would have done. Maybe they trade out, maybe they try to trade out. Of that position just couldn't do it. Um, but I just give me a direction, man. Either be bad or be try to be good with a good roster. This middle ground to me is always a no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, again, I think it's be smart about where you are relative to the teams around you. You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't try and compete if you have a great, great quarterback in your your roster. You're gonna be waiting a decade if you're waiting for Mahomes to not be part of the Chiefs. But I think just be smart. You know, if you're going to have to retool, retool. If you're going to have to rebuild, rebuild. But it doesn't feel like they have any solution besides just adding more Patriots to the mix, hoping that solves their problems. And I don't know. We'll see. I mean, there, I think there's a decent chance that Josh McDaniels is not there at the end of the season, especially if Jimmy Absolutely. Garoppolo misses a chunk of the year with his foot injury. I don't think he will be. I, I would be surprised. But we will see. Certainly a lot more to come not only during the NFL season, but also during the NFL offseason. But Jeff, you mentioned, of course, you're focused on college football. Yes. Where can people check out everything you yeah. do during the offseason? So, I mean, my Twitter is the best way at Jeff Schwartz, um, but my podcast, Jeff Schwartz, is smarter than you. You can find uh, kind of my work there. I'm on the radio. But again, my, my Twitter pretty much provides 
you with all my my links, my content, and and kind of where I'm at with uh, uh, with everything I do. I cover a lot of gambling and college uh, football in the NFL as well. Um, so yeah, my Twitter and my podcast. Jeff, thank you, my friend. Take care, bud. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much to Jeff Schwartz. Definitely one of the, you know, uh, like smart, of course, but I think smart also combining, you know, what he's learned from playing the game at a high level, but also, you know, sort of contextualizing what we are trying to learn or understand from the outside. I mean, I don't know how many offensive linemen would criticize a team for taking our running back in the first round, but Jeff is a very special person to me for just doing just that uh, in his analysis of the Lions. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Sorry if you did not love the offseason rankings. Uh, we will see. Certainly, I've gotten plenty of stuff wrong before, and I'm sure I'll get some stuff wrong this time. But uh, just my thoughts on where the NFL offseasons went. Hope you guys enjoyed it if you were not a fan of the teams I had at the very bottom. But uh, more NFL stuff on the way, of course, in the weeks to come here in the offseason. Plenty of written content over on ESPN and ESPN Plus, and plenty of audio here on The Bill Barnwell Show. Also, some TV stuff. Uh, I have been hopping up on SportsCenter and uh, NFL will be on NFL Live tomorrow on Friday. And then I believe I'm hopping on Get Up uh, a couple days next week. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But more on the way here on The Bill Barnwell Show.